Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Leading Edge Love Radio. This is your host, Sumati Sparks, the open relationship coach. Have you ever wondered how well-suited you are for ethical non-monogamy? Well, you can find out by taking my quiz, and you can find the quiz right on the homepage of my website at sumatisparks.com. That's S as in Sam, U, M as in Mary, A, T as in Tom, I, Sparks, as in Sparks are flying, .com. And when you enter your email address, you'll be added to my mailing list, and you'll be the first to learn about my upcoming online events. So tonight, I am really excited to have as my guest, Reed Mahalko, and let me introduce you to Reed real quick here. Reed is a sought-after international speaker who presents to adults and college students on healthy relationships and sexuality. He's appeared on TV shows and other media too numerous to mention and is, is known as the creator of Cuddle Party and Sex Geek Summer Camp, and I call him the Sex Geek, sex geek in Chief. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Reed. Thank you for having me. Sex Geek in Chief. I've never heard that one, and I'm like, ooh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so, Reed and I go way back. I met you um, at a polyamory conference. Um, you were living in New York City. This is before you became a professional sex educator. I believe you were an actor with some bartending on the side. So, um, I'm mm-hmm. really curious, like, what made you decide to become a sex educator? Because it wasn't really a thing back then. And it must have taken a lot of courage to follow that dream. So tell us a little bit about your origin story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it um, it mostly has to do with my mom and dad in that they, you know, my three brothers, there's four of us, grew up with two parents who really, really, really loved each other and were super affectionate with each other. They're, you know, we'd always catch them making out in the kitchen or cuddling on the couch the family, you know, uh, where we would all watch TV together. My parents' room had the biggest TV, so we'd all pile up like a puppy pile on the bed and just watch TV and things like that. But my mom and dad's inability to communicate their their wants, needs, and desires, to work through their upsets, like they, they had just inherited horrible communication skills from my grandparents and this was, you know, they were the generation where you didn't really go to family therapy or couples counseling or have a therapist. Like they were just, just the beginnings of, of those days were coming. And so what I saw, what my brothers and I witnessed were two people that were madly in love slowly destroy each other because they just kept not talking about what needed to be talked about. And it was like death by paper cuts over the years. And they just kept creating all this emotional scar tissue. They, they tried to show up for each other, but mostly the old rules of avoiding rocking the boat and, you know, try to make sure everyone is happy and doesn't feel uncomfortable. And eventually my mom, you know, would be so, so hurt and upset. She started self-medicating with alcohol 
my dad was the generation where if your wife's unhappy, it must be because you're not making enough money. So he became a workaholic and, oh. and was away from home more. And they, and they just couldn't reconcile any of those things. And later in life, way at the end of their relationship, my mom would be the first one to pass away. Uh, they stayed together forever. Um, but at the very end, things got a little bit better because they were so exhausted they stopped fighting, like they couldn't fight anymore. And because they mm. stopped fighting, things got a little, a little bit better. And that's just not what I wanted for my life. Like that wasn't mm -hmm. the, you know, the relationship advice I needed was fight until you're so tired, you mm. can't fight anymore and things get better. And then that set me on this trajectory of trying to figure out like, how do you have a healthy relationship because obviously love wasn't enough. And so I set out to find those skills unconsciously at first and then a little bit more consciously. And then back when, when you and I knew each other, I was bartending in New York City and that gave me cultural permission to talk to everybody about their sex life and their dating <laughs> life and what's working, what's not working. And, and then it, was, it started to become more obvious. People were like, you know, you, you, this is like your area of, expertise like you actually have a lot of interesting thoughts about what makes people unhappy in relationships and eventually I would be encouraged by my friends and some producers on one of the soap operas I was on to basically go pro and like give advice for a living because they were like y you give better advice than our therapists and so <laughs> we really think you should do that and of course I'm like is this because I'm a bad actor do you not like my acting? And those producers were like, well, I mean, you could be a better actor, but like you're already a great like advice giver. And mm -hmm. Cuddle Party in 2004 would be the first workshop that I created. And with the help of Marsha Baczynski, like that turned into a huge global news story about mm -hmm. New Yorkers are paying money to cuddle. And then mm -hmm. that effectively launched my career. And, and it's been, I've been doing this you know, since 2004, and I've been doing this full time for almost 20 years now, or not 20 years, like 15, 15 years. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, long um, journey. Cuddle Party, yeah, Cuddle Party took off, and you know, you were. I, I remember just being amazed that you guys were leading um, Cuddle Party facilitator workshops, <laughs> and then you mm -hmm. you moved out west and like started networking and just said, I'm going to be a sex educator. Like, like how did you get the nerve and the courage to do something like that? Well, it was, I mean, cuddle party was, is amazing. And I had to pass it off because I also wanted to be teaching blowjob workshops and how to, ha how to negotiate successful threesomes. And like, there was all these other things I wanted to teach and it, because of all the hard work that Marsha and I put into it and eventually in training other facilitators so the cuddle party could exist in different, in different countries and be taught in different languages. Um, it was obvious for me that, that the news media at the time back in, in, you know, the early two thousands, like they just thought cuddle party was an orgy. Like there's no way adults can be touchy feely with each other and had it not turn into an orgy. So for right. me, it made sense to step away from Cuddle Party because if I'm teaching how to throw in orgy workshops, then mm -hmm. 
worse, Cuddle Party must be a sex cult. Like it was, I there was see. no way to separate the two. And mm-hmm. so it made more sense for me to step away from it. And, and the courage part was, I mean, back again, back to my mom and dad, like learning how to talk about the things you're not talking about and to be able to step through your embarrassment and your shame um, when you haven't been saying something. And as you start to figure out what your truth is around communication and relationships, that extends to sexuality. And then there's all the insecurities of like sex. Like, mm-hmm. like, how do I, like, I don't have a clit. Like, how do you, how do you work a clit? You know? And like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Like for me personally, I'm like, I think I'm bisexual. I think I'm queer. Like, how do you work a penis? Like I, I have a penis, but I, but I, like, it's totally different when you touch somebody else's penis. Like, what's going on? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so the, the, the geekery for me was, oh, wait a minute. Like, the skill sets emotionally are the same. Like, how do I have courage and bravery uh, and clarity to be able to speak what I need emotionally in a relationship? And then those insecurities are very similar to the insecurities you have in the bedroom so, like, how do I talk about what I fear and what I'm ashamed of and what I want in the bedroom? And so that was kind of the beginning of, oh, wait a minute. Like, for me, all of this, all these tools are the same. Like a hammer and a wrench and a screwdriver, you can build a house or you can build a boat. You can, mm-hmm. you know, you can build a bridge or you can build stairs. Like, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a lot of the same things. And then I just want to help people not go through what my mom and dad went through. And so right. relationships, sexuality, period, that's the umbrella that, that I like to, to, you know, carry around. Like that's come stand with me under this umbrella and we'll let all the shame rain down and then we'll, we'll figure out how to, how to walk through the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hear that you're just really following your true passion and who you wanted to be and how you wanted to give in the world and there wasn't really a thing like you've created Sex Geek Summer Camp now for teaching other sex educators how to be in business and how to make a living from what they do, but that didn't exist. And so how did you figure out how to brand yourself as a sex educator? Like how did you know who to ask for help from and stuff like that? Um, well, I had a little bit of a head start in a weird way because of Cuddle Party. Like, mm-hmm. like Marcia and I created something that took off and then we had to figure out what to do with it. Um, And so for me, like branding is really about what's your passion. Cause again, like for me, a lot of my advice comes from not trying to do what culture tells you to do better, like fit into the box of have the right job, look the right way, say the right thing so that you're attractive. You have like, you know, relationship and social cachet that somebody will value. A lot of my world for me personally was I felt like such a a misfit, like island of misfit toys. And I felt like I never fit in anywhere Mm -hmm. that I started like trying to figure out like, well, what actually makes me happy? Who am I that makes me happiest? And this is the the beginning of when I talk about like dating your species and whatnot. A lot of my relationship advice is about your self-expression. Like mm-hmm. it's not what culture told you to be. It's like what makes you happiest. If if relationships come through you like music, 
well, like what genre makes you happiest to play? Is it jazz? Is it rock and roll? Is it country? Like, what is it rather than <clears throat> what your, what school told you was the best music, which was classical, you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. So that's how mm-hmm. I figured out, like I was non-monogamous and queer. And then I started applying that to business. So it's like, don't pick the business model that society tells you to pick or the same business model that your, your mom and dad used in their family business or whatever. Like what's mm-hmm. the business model that makes you happiest? Like go date rather than date your species, date your business model. And then <laughs> for me, for me, because we're in a world now where we don't actually want our leaders to be perfect Um, We want our leaders to be human and to be humane and to have integrity and and ethics. Um, So gone are the days where I'm supposed to be perfect. And I really think for educators and and for brands in general, this is about authenticity, which is not Mm -hmm. about perfection. It's about vulnerability and and really like like answering your calling. And so when you -hmm. you start to put all those things together, for me – this is me. Like I'm the sex geek. I'm a big dork. And (laughs) either I drive you, I annoy the hell out of you or you're like, Oh my God, he's so funny. And he doesn't shame me for being the way that I am. And Mm -hmm. he's got some decent advice. So let me go study with him. Mm -hmm. And where Mm -hmm. summer camp came out of like as a brand to help educators around, you know, who work in the intimacy and the, you know, sex positive entrepreneur world, like, this was all a business camp for us to gather together to talk about best practices and skills around Mm -hmm. running a business and building a brand. And for me, it starts all with the self-expression piece. But what's Mm -hmm. so tricky is when I go to a regular business conference, you know, I can't raise my hand and be like, Hey, you know, what you're sharing is brilliant about, you know, Facebook ads, but like I do sex work and I can't buy a Facebook ad. Like, mm-hmm. so then how do I run my business? Cause your entire business model is on, is on, you know, is about like ad buys when you really come down to it and, and click funnels and all these things. Like, so how do I do it? And right. so sex geek summer camp came this place where we can talk about the things that mm-hmm. are harder to talk about at a regular business conference and we mm-hmm. can be seen and, and, and not judged. And then we talk about what are the best practices when you're a sex mm-hmm. educator and you can't advertise your blowjob workshop on Facebook. Like how do you get around that? You build organic <laughs> right. traffic, well, all of those yeah, things. Beautiful. Thank and those you for things, that story. Those things were, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I really want to get into some of the things about uh, that are relevant to our current pandemic that we're all getting through. But before I do, just want to congratulate you. You got married recently, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Allison Moon, <laughs> and, and, the author of Girl so Sex is, 101. Um, uh-huh. She and I finally, after 13 and a half years, officially got, got uh, married. So thank wow. you. Yeah, good for you. She's a fabulous person. I've met her, and she's great. So happy for both of you. Okay, she puts up so with me. Let's do, yeah, <laughs> she's a doll. 
Um, okay, so let's move into some of the issues that we're dealing with um, right now as many of us uh, in certain states are doing um, shelter in place and we're having to stay in and avoid too much social contact with other people and keep six feet apart and all these rules. So um, wanted to talk about some of the ways that um, slutty polyamorous and um, you know, just people that want to have great relationships in general can navigate these turbulent times. Um, so one of the things we talked about when I was promoting the show was uh, ethical sluts and withdrawal. So how, how can a mm-hmm. slut survive the pandemic? Do you have any, any tips for those of us that are used to going to play parties, having a lot of social contact, even cuddle parties, that really get our oxytocin from being in groups? How do we survive this? Yeah. Um, so the things that, the things that are working for me, and and again, like for your listeners, I'll just say like, like keep looking for tools and talking to each other and, and crowdsourcing on the Facebook groups for like what's working for people and what's not the things that, that work for me might not be the best fit for you, but you know, kind of like with my mom and dad, like talking about things is, you know, 90% of what's missing. So like, like skill sharing and, and group think in the, you know, not like in a panicky way, but in a like, Hey, like what's working for the, for everybody. For me, what's working is I'm doing a lot of Marco Polo and Skype and zoom and FaceTime and Facebook video communications mm-hmm. with people. Um, Marco Polo for those people who don't know, that's a, an app it's kind of like a video walkie talkie type thing where mm-hmm. you can video people and then they can watch it later and then they can respond. Um, mm-hmm. That's worked really well for me. And I was using that. I've been using that for a couple of years now because that was also good for my long distance relationships. Um, mm-hmm. I don't text everybody all the time and I don't do weekly phone calls with anyone. So, you know, so like any of my lovers, like I've never, had weekly phone calls with them. And so what, what's happened over the years is I tend to date people and be in long-term, long-distance relationships with people who don't need that kind of contact. Mm-hmm. However, people who do, like, what can you do virtually to replace that contact? Um, and another, you know, so like using the video applications where you can see each other's faces might work really well. Um, Skype sex, like video sex, sexting, those kinds of things. But another thing that has actually worked well for me because I also like group dynamics Mm -hmm. is not just videoing with one person at a time, but like set up a little time for you all to be together. Like, like, you know, set up some sort of zoom call or, you know, get an app where you can get multiple people on at a time and, like, get everybody there together with the screen kind of like the Brady Bunch, like where all the video screens are on <laughs> so that you can all see each other together. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't just for lovers and, and, and your, your you know, polycules. Um, I recently did this with my brothers and my, my, their wives and my nieces and nephews, and it was just something really nice about us all being able to see each other together, mm-hmm. even though we couldn't touch each other. Um, Mm -hmm. there was something that was very, I could feel like my primitive brain, my extrovert who needed groups kind of like, ah, like I was nourishing Mm -hmm. it. 
Um, mm-hmm. There's also communities. There's a couple of communities that are doing online orgies in that everyone's basically sexting with, with each other <clears throat> um, as a big group. And, mm-hmm. you know, so you, if you know, if you have a play party community, you might want to reach out to them and be like, listen, like we need to go, we need to do like a, a little voyeur and performance exhibitionist zoom chat with everybody. And, mm-hmm. uh, and Bonobo tribe in Oakland in San Francisco in the East Bay, I know they're doing, uh, hosting like an online orgy. They also did recently a um, erotic drawing Zoom mm-hmm. call where, you know, you know, a couple of people would be the posers and everybody else would be sketching and drawing. So, like, mm-hmm. I think you get your group needs met in certain ways, but also because we can't touch each other, think of ways to use the connection creatively you know, so if you have a bunch of lovers who've never done erotic drawing before, like, like figure drawing, that would be like, oh, my God, like, now we're doing something new. We're doing mm-hmm. something creative. And we, we've got some, some video FaceTime. And I think the mm-hmm. creativity piece, we're learning something together, like a group experience together that's mm-hmm. new, I think mm-hmm. we need us especially the, 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 us, the slutty ones who are, who are yearning for our threesomes or, you know, seeing two or three lovers in a week kind of a thing, or, mm-hmm. you know, like even our rando hookups, um, you know, like how can we be creative to get some of those experiences and, and not leave the house? The last mm-hmm. thing I'll, I'll share too is use this time right now to go find the people you're going to bang when, when this pandemic is over. So mm-hmm. lean into, you know, if you're somebody who uses dating apps and, and hookup apps, like lean into those apps to really develop some connections with people that you're going to see after and, mm-hmm. and have fun putting those relationships on slow burn um, and the only thing I would say there is, you know, for folks who are going to try that, who, who maybe like are used to casual hookups with not putting a lot of work into them, um, you're mm-hmm. going to have to work a little bit more to, you mm-hmm. know, to water the flowers so that they're blooming after the pandemic. And, um, and I'm sorry if you're frustrated that you have to text <laughs> back and forth with a couple of people. Um, you know, after the pandemic, you'll totally be able to just have your casual hookups, um, but don't take your your casual sex casually. Take it very seriously, and uh, right. be kind to each other. Like those casual hookups will will exist later. Um, yeah. But it's like right now, like how do you want to spend your time productively and effectively, well, and in a way that nourishes you? And I think you know if it's consensual and both parties are on the same page, you can have, um, you know, like we used to have those phone sex things where you'd, you know, just call somebody and, you know, both masturbate. And once you get off, you'd hang up and you'd never talk again. So you can certainly do that with somebody who's willing, um, where you never even know each other's names yeah. you know, or whatever. So, so anything's possible. But I, I wanted to just address, you know, I met somebody on a dating app be- right before this happened. We hadn't met yet. We um, really liked each other and felt really compatible and then this happened, and so we never actually got to meet. 
And we have been having these long, I'll go for a walk and I'll call him and we'll just talk for like an hour. And it's amazing like how deeply I'm getting to know this person and how we have such great conversational chemistry. And, and it's like, you know, I, I'm, I feel like I'm back in the 18th century or something like, you know, write me a poem, like, <laughs> you know, woo me. It's, it's your, it's, it's your Jane Austen cool. novel. Exactly. Right. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool. And it, it definitely um, cultivates a desire. <laughs> like you said, the slow burn. Yeah. yeah, and, and okay, I think well, the cool. biggest so, thing is, go ahead. I think so. Just, just the last thing to drop in is, it's okay to be confused and hesitant and not know what to do because, and Marsha Bachinsky had posted this on Facebook the other day. Like, like everyone, we've never been in this situation before. Mm-hmm. So that goes for the poly people, the monogamous people, the kinky people, the vanilla people. Like everyone, like we've never been in a situation like this. So like, just be kind to yourself and just try to notice what your needs are. And if this is a situation we've never been in before, like, I don't know what I'm going to be like three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So the people that you do connect well with who are your support, you know, folks, like just keep talking and having your check-ins uh, and understand that like we, we just don't know um, and try to appreciate that as a function of also just being alive and being human. Right. Right. Well, those are some great tips. Thank you so much for that. I think people will find that very helpful. And, and I like how you mentioned the creativity piece because, you know, I haven't done a group thing. I've seen them advertised, but I haven't done it yet. And it just doesn't seem like intellectually it would meet that need for the touch. But when you said there's, something about the primitive brain when you see everybody and then when you add the creativity to it, it even brings another element online. So I'm going to look into that now that you said that. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So let's yeah. move on I mean, to and, the and next Good luck. Question. Like, let me know how it goes. <laughs> I will. I will definitely do that. Um, okay. So the next question um, I wanted to ask you was, um, you know, there's many polyamorous people who really that's their orientation. Um, for them, it's not, uh, you know, something they choose it's you know like being gay and they often have to just choose one partner to shelter in place with for a time um so i'm I'm imagining that your answers might be similar and that they can use video and stuff (laughs) is there anything else that you want to add for people that have more than one partner but they can only be with one for whatever reason yeah so so all the advice i've already said and now this 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 advice will also work um, for friends and family too. Um, mm-hmm. If you want, this is a great time to send people notes and cards and old, you know, old old school communication. Like we, you're joking about this is your Jane Austen novel. Um, especially if you have friends or lovers for whom words of appreciation. And gifts are are part of their love languages. So for folks mm-hmm. you know who who haven't nerded out on love languages yet, um, <clears throat> you can go check out the five love languages quiz. Um, Gary Chapman has a quiz on his website. But your if your loved ones like words of appreciation and gifts, especially, 
Um, and even if they don't, like just sending them a, a, a really sweet card telling them that you're, you know, thinking of them, maybe write down uh, one of your favorite memories of them, whether it's sexual or not, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. send it to them because it will come as a surprise. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people I know love getting cards that say sweet things and mm-hmm. and 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 in a written card that shows up in the mail. Now we'll have to like spray some Lysol on it just to make sure, (laughs) but like, holy crap, like that's in this day and age, that's probably going to mean a lot to, Mm -hmm. to the people that are, that are important to you. So you might want to like create surprises like that. Um, You could, you know, buy something on Amazon, a little gift and have it sent kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, so Mm -hmm. it's, now it's about getting creative in letting people know that you care, even though you can't be there. And again, mm-hmm. I can look at you on Skype. We can have Skype sex, but that's very different than a sex toy that I bought for you arriving in the mail. Mm. And then you and I are watching each other and I'm watching you use it on you. Like, like there's all these, these things that we can, again, we can tap into our creativity um, you can leave voicemails and things like that. Like I've got a friend of mine who uh, bought erotica for himself and then for his partner. And then what they do, um, and I think you could probably do this on any of the little reading tablets. Like they read to each, they leave voicemails where they read each other's favorite passages. So like Mm -hmm. she'll call and be like, um, uh, page 95 is really hot. And then he'll leave a voicemail or record a, a memo of him reading the passage to her so that she can mm. listen to it later. Oh, you know, so there's like all kinds of creativity where you can just be staying connected. Um, mm-hmm. And then also for yourself, like it's giving you something to do. Um, that's, that's a little bit more creative, which is also, I think, nourishing and, and feeding ourselves. Um, it's not always some of the things that we do aren't just for your for your loved ones. They're also for you, because if you're mm-hmm. just sitting there doing nothing, like that's when I start spinning out. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. So those are great ideas. Also, um, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Leading Edge Love Radio, and this is your host Sumati Sparks, the Open Relationship Coach at SumatiSparks.com, and we're speaking with Reed Nahako, a sex educator and international speaker and we're talking about ways to survive the coronavirus pandemic if you're slutty polyamorous or the next thing i want to ask you is if you're stuck with one person um, and you're spending a lot more time with them because you're both working from home um, and you're spending a lot more time with the person than you're used to maybe you don't have a really big place to live and you're just kind of in each other's space a lot Um, what are some tools that people can use? Oh, before you go into that, I just want to say for our listeners, if anybody has any questions for Reed, please feel free to call in at this time. The call-in number is 657-383-1132. Again, 657-383-1132. And you'll be put on hold, and we'll answer your call when we have a pause in our conversation. So feel free to call in now. Okay, so back to what are some tools for your quarantining buddies where you might be in each other's space a lot more than usual? Yeah, so so my tools are 
are all a lot of them are based on conversation stuff. So I have a, a formula for difficult conversations. It's called the difficult conversation formula. Ta-da! Mm-hmm. And people can go get that on my website. So you can go to readaboutsex.com, and it's R-E-I-D, aboutsex.com forward slash convo, C-O-N-V-O. And I like having the conversations that are causing me the most stress. And so difficult conversation formula helps people start those conversations. Um, it's probably not the best idea if you're in an abusive relationship and the fact mm-hmm. that you guys can't get away from each other is making it more abusive. Like I think mm-hmm. there are times when like saying what you're not saying might not be a good idea, but if we're mm-hmm. assuming that you're in a in a healthy relationship and everybody has the best of intentions, then you might want to set some homework for yourselves to do the difficult conversation worksheet because you can download it on that page. And and like practice having the tiny conversations, like the small low stakes ones. And then as you build up your muscles, like practice having like have the difficult things so that you can work through them. Because if you can get through some of that stuff successfully, it will free you both up of a lot of energy and angst, which might help you get closer. Um, Mm -hmm. Actual physical things around sharing close quarters. um, There's a couple of different articles floating around on the internet and people with different ideas. And again, ask your friends what's working well for them. But situations where, you know, if you have rooms that can, you can close doors to get away from each other, Uh, I lived in a really tiny New York apartment, so there wasn't really any doors like you were in, like you couldn't escape from anybody. But, Mm -hmm. you know, like kind of office hours where, you know, you get to like you're available, but also you get to have your alone time. Like you can Mm -hmm. can close your door, maybe put a little whiteboard on your door, kind of like we used to have in college and just say Mm -hmm. like when you're available. Um, Another article, somebody had a suggestion if you're both working from home. I thought this was very clever. Um, if you're both working from home, create an imaginary third office space buddy that does all the things wrong so that you can blame anything, any of the frustrations going on at home, you blame it on Sally or on Dan, <laughs> your imaginary office coworker who's always fucking things up. Like Dan left the seat of the toilet up again and used all the printer paper. Um, I thought that was really clever. And again, like this is kind of coming back to creativity. Like how can you give each other space even though you're on top of each other and, mm-hmm. you know, using headsets and things to keep, you know, so the TV's not blaring um, mm-hmm. to help you guys get a little bit more space and equanimity. For those of you with children, I'm sorry. I don't know what advice to give you because <laughs> they will have all sorts of other needs. Um, mm-hmm. If can get outside, uh, you know, in appropriate ways and like just get some sunshine on your face, mm-hmm. do some, some yoga or some exercise. Um, you know, Allison and I were doing kettlebell swings the other day and we've never really done kettlebell swings together and it was kind of fun. And I'm like, how can we don't do this more often? Um, mm-hmm. But like moving your body, having, having a dance party together, there's a great dance, uh, there's a DJ on Instagram who's kind of Instagram famous right now for doing like a, you know, he just DJ sets. Mm 
and Allison and I were dancing, you know, we turned that up and we were dancing to it and just kind of having fun. So find ways to blow off steam where mm-hmm. movement and, and sound are involved, not just blowing off steam by sitting on the couch watching Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. If you can go out, go for a walk. Like Allison, you know, we joke, she and I joke that she's like a dog. And, I, and if I don't take her out for a walk regularly, she gets cranky. So, you know, if you have a neighborhood or a situation where you can go outside for a little bit and, you know, you're, you can keep your distance from other people, um, you know, maybe take your partner for a walk kind of a thing or make sure that they have space to go and get some alone time on their own. Um, mm-hmm. So those kind of protocols seem to be helping me and a lot of my friends. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. That's very helpful. And that's great that you have the difficult conversation um, so what about like conversations that aren't necessarily as difficult? Like somebody's just a little agitated because they have their own stuff going on and they just kind of want empathy. Um, how would you suggest dealing with that? Yeah. I mean, those, those things in, in some of my relationship courses, I talk about, uh, this concept of like asking your partner um, and again, a lot of this stuff works with friends and coworkers and stuff like asking them what they need, like, like what mm-hmm. hat is the, the way I do it. I'm like, what hat do you want me wearing right now? Do my, do you want empathy? Am I wearing my fix it hat? Like, am I wearing my, how dare that person did anything to you hat? Like, I'm tell me their <laughs> name. I'm going to go find them. I'll fix it. Um, <laughs> right. Like, like what, what are you, if you know, like who can I be for you right now? Mm-hmm. to help you get your needs met. And I think when we do get really stressed and, and our world gets turned upside down, sometimes we're talking to each other, not knowing what it is we need. And then mm-hmm. our partner has to guess. And what if they mm-hmm. put on the wrong hat? So, mm-hmm. so be mindful about, Hey, like, like I'm here and, and who can I be for you right now? Like what would, what would, you know, feel best for you? Um, because that's kind of a question where when you ask it with a lot of heart, like you really are, I want to show up for you. Like I, I want to help. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes your partner won't know what they need. And mm-hmm. another thing that would be really useful is in, in some of our workshops, we teach a thing called the appreciation game. And this Before works you really go good. Before you the appreciation game, I just want to say, speak to what you just shared about the different hats. Yeah. Um, so some there I've had partners where they just go to fixing it and that's their only hat that they own. And if you tell them you want something different, they they're insulted and they feel like this is how I love you, you know, take it or leave it. So I just want to remind our listeners, you know, that if you're the type that always goes to fixing it um, or you're the type that's afraid to give any advice um, to work on the different ranges of being a different type of listener that you can actually learn to not give advice and that sometimes not giving advice and just listening and holding space, it feels like you're not doing anything, but it can actually sometimes be the best gift you can give somebody because it allows them to find their own answer, which is a lot deeper than your fabulous advice might be because they've found it deep in their soul. So just a little reminder to the listeners that if um, your partner's constantly complaining that you're always trying to fix things that maybe you can widen your range of what kind of listener you can be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that and that can help tremendously. And and then you can be more mindful and 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 really contribute rather than trying to be a mind reader and then maybe not getting it right and then mm-hmm. both of you are more frustrated. Mhm, right. Excellent. So this is a good time for us all to strengthen our communication and our listening skills and really come out the other side as better partners. Mhm. Yep. I can see it as a blessing in disguise. Okay, hopefully, so go on to the appreciation yeah. game. I want to hear about that. Yeah, so the appreciation game is you, you create this context where if you want appreciation, you go up to your partner and you say, would you like to play the appreciation game? Now, this will feel weird until everyone understands what the game is, so this is why I'm teaching the game. Um, so you, you ask, would you like to play the appreciation game, which is you're giving them room to say yes or no because maybe it's not a good time. Mm-hmm. And then they'll say yes. If, if they're yes, they say yes. What would you like to be appreciated for? And then you tell them in a sentence or two exactly what you would like to be appreciated for. And mm-hmm. then they, and this is, this is where it feels so weird, you just repeat back exactly what they said. Mm-hmm. And that is usually enough to, like, shift the energy. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and you can add on to things if you want, but when somebody tells you what they want to be appreciated for, just tell them exactly what they want to be appreciated for. And then mm-hmm. for those of you who want appreciation, please try to keep it to a sentence or two because it's really hard to, re- to say back to you exactly the 10 sentences, the story you just told me. So if you, if you would like, uh, Sumiti, would you, would you like to demonstrate this with me? Sure. Okay. So, um, Sumiti, okay, so do you want me to ask would you first, like to play the appreciation game? Oh, okay. I'll ask you first. Okay. Okay. Yes, I'd Sumiti, love to would play. you like to play the appreciate? Um, so I would like to be appreciated for uh, taking Allison out on a really long walk today when she needed it. Reed, I really appreciate you for taking Allison out on a long walk today when she really needed it. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> now, it, it sounds silly. But try it. So, so Sumiti, would you would you like to do it with me? You can you can try. Sure, it. Reed. Would you like to play the appreciation game? I would love to. Sumiti, what would you like to be appreciated for? I would like to be appreciated for um, for you know starting up my radio show again after taking a nine month hiatus due to my traveling and really shifting back into uh, doing my work online again. Sumiti, I would like to appreciate you for restarting your radio show after, after taking a hiatus and all your travels and shifting back into your online business. And I would also like to appreciate you for all the value that you bring to all your listeners. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I got extra bonus points there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it felt really good. Thank How did you. that feel? It felt fabulous. So, so it's a simple game. It's not about getting it perfect. 
Um, but what ends up happening is, is when you teach your loved ones how to play this game, so many of us are just starving to, for appreciation, but we wait for everyone else to like read our minds and figure out what it is we need. And training your loved ones, your kids, your, your friends to bring what they need to you um, and then you also, in, when you get to give it to them exactly what they want, it, it feels like it shouldn't work. It's, oh, my goodness, it shouldn't be this simple. But for some people, especially those of us who grew up in families where we didn't get enough appreciation, this is really, really deep and really, really nourishing. And it can help us when we are living in close quarters, like we're asking for what we want appreciation-wise, but also the bonus is, people when they play the game back with you like they're practicing appreciating you so like what we're doing is we're getting good for, uh, we're getting better at asking for what we want but we're also just practicing appreciating each other more so mm -hmm. you pick up that habit of just appreciating each other when people don't ask you're like hey like mm -hmm. i noticed that thing that you did and i really want to like just appreciate you for doing the dishes and for you know taking out the garbage and and mm -hmm. these little things they seem like they, they shouldn't be a big deal, but, but what it is, is is that we never get them is the big deal. So this can be mm -hmm. a, a piece that really helps. Thank you. So the person who asks if you want to play the game is really wanting to be appreciated for something, and they're asking if the other person has the bandwidth to listen and give them that. So you're taking responsibility for getting that appreciation need met. Yep. Yeah. And I just want to add that you can also appreciate people for things that they don't ask for, kind of like what you just said. But one tool that I teach is just before you go to bed at night or before dinner or some regular time during the day, you just say, one thing I appreciate about you is, and you just say one thing. And the person says, thank you. And then they say, one thing I appreciate about you is, and they say, thank you. And if you do that every day, you don't want to say the same thing every day. So it makes you think for the next 24 hours, like, oh, i got to find a new thing. So you're looking for things to appreciate about the person, and you're really seeing them in, in that way of appreciation instead of looking at the things that don't work. So just that simple little game, too, can be really helpful. Okay, well, That's with great. the time we have left, yeah, I want to ask you one more thing before we run out of time. Um, uh, you're known as the person who kind of created the phrase date your own species. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that because I understand, I mean, tell us first of all what it means. And then I want to go a little deeper into, you know, there's people that are, you know, swingers and there's people who are monogamous and people who are polyamorous. There's those larger categories, but then even within those categories, there's so many different ways of doing that. Um, I've always wanted to dig a little deeper into that. So just give us a general overview of what that means, first of all. Yeah, well, thank you. So, so dating your species is just kind of a catchphrase to answer the question that why do we fall in love or in lust with good people who are horrible fits for us? Mm-hmm. And... And then when you start breaking it down, <clears throat> what it really means is like getting clear about the things 
that you want in your relationships, like how you're self-expressed, um, what your self-expression looks like in love and, and in relationships, such that your clarity helps you realize who would be a horrible fit for you. So for me, mm-hmm. I, I identify as a, a queer polyamorous slut. So mm-hmm. me dating somebody who's monogamous, um, I also don't want children. So like somebody who wants children who's monogamous, like I might, they might be so amazing and I might love them so deeply, but I'm ultimately not going to be happy or feel self-expressed for me trying to be monogamous and, and also like being a father. Like I'm, I'm a great uncle, but I'm, I, I don't want to be a father. So like mm-hmm. where's the friction where does the friction come from in your past relationships as a place to start looking? And was part of the friction not just that your ex was an asshole, but, like, w- was it part of the friction that, like, you guys weren't a good fit? And then what does a good fit even mean to you? Like, who, who are your species? And so it's, it's really starting to look at, like, who, who do you want to be? Who are you that makes you happiest? And then are you dating somebody that, that loves dating somebody like you? If you are a jazz musician, like, are you starting a band with other jazz musicians? Mm-hmm. And so many of us were just taught, like, the old relationship advice. You know, it's kind of like you're, you're growing up in your neighborhood. You want to start a band. The drummer is the only kid in town who has a drum kit. It's not the best drummer not the drummer who likes to play the music you like to play it was the only kid in town who had a drum kit that was who the drummer was Mm -hmm. and now we live in a world where you can find other drummers so like let's start asking better questions about what it is you're actually looking for Mm -hmm. yeah um there was some relationship expert i i read that said look for qualities rather than focusing on the person so oftentimes we fall for a person and then we get frustrated that they don't have the qualities we want instead of the other way around, like meeting a person and going, well, you're nice and everything, but you don't have the qualities I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is, you know, like your if you fall in love with somebody, uh, if you start emotionally imprinting on them, we are taught that you fall in love with a good person and you never leave a good person. Like that's the old advice mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because the old advice was such that, you know, you got married or you had an arranged, you know, marriage. And as long as they didn't beat you, drink too much. And as long as you guys had healthy kids, you won. And if you were in mm-hmm. love, that was bonus. You know, like now we're back mm-hmm. to like the Jane Austen days of relationships. So, so the idea now is like what actually makes you happy which means you're going to have to start like doing some thinking and figuring out who you are. And that might around sex, you know, and intimacy kick up shame because you might not be, you know, somebody who's in the box of conventional relationship advice and what society approves of. Um, And so rather than hiding it, I think you should start to get clear, get the tools to get clear on, on who you are and then get the courage to start looking for people like you, looking for your, your species. 
And that's mm-hmm. more of a conversation yeah. about watering holes. Like where, where are the watering holes that your species hang out at? And, right. you know, if you're polyamorous or you're a swinger or if you're practicing some sort of alternative relationship style and non-monogamy, like there are plenty. It looks like we lost our guest. Um, we'll wait and see if he calls back. But um, maybe his battery died on his phone. But I wanted to just add something um, from my own personal experience. Um, I didn't really know who my species was until I started to get out there and mix it up and do some, uh, get into some relationships that were non-monogamous. And so, for example, I was in a relationship with somebody who I thought we were on the same page. It was maybe my third or fourth polyamorous relationship. And I really thought we were on the same page because we both wanted polyamory. We wanted to be in community and have a, a poly, polycule of friends. Um, but then I discovered that they really wanted more kind of separate dyads and I wanted what we call kitchen table polyamory. So uh, even though we were, seemed similar on a lot of levels, um, it didn't quite satisfy our needs. So after five years, we had to redesign our relationship. And so it's okay. I think what Reed was saying is it's okay for us to judge the relationship by, you know, we learn from each other. Um, Yes, we're bonded. And yes, it's really sad to change the nature of it. But with support from experts, from coaches and from therapists and our community, we can get through that. We can go through the grief and we can, um, you know, reconnect with people in a different way. And um, I think they call it conscious uncoupling, um, where you really just transition into something different. You can still love each other. So it looks like Reed has called back. Let me go get him here. You're back. Oh, sorry about that. Did your, did your what I miss? What I miss? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking it's so a little bit about my own. No, that's okay. I was just talking about my own experience of having to go out and and kind of mix it up in the dating world and try different things until I really knew what my species was. But we're almost out of time, and I want to be sure that I give you enough time to tell our listeners um, how they can reach you and if you want to offer anything to them. um, Please go ahead and take it away. Yeah, Yeah. so so readaboutsex.com, R-E-I-D, aboutsex.com is my main website. You can dig around there. There's tons of articles and videos. Um, I'm read about sex on all social media and I have a YouTube channel with, I mean, it might be close to a thousand videos on there by now. Um, So there's lots of different things out there for people to avail themselves of just advice and resources and me just being a dork and a nerd. Um, If people are, are curious about, you know, like courses and things like that. I have a six week online relationship course called relationship 10 X that's broken up into 10 minute videos, uh, five days a week for six weeks. Um, and that's all things like the appreciation game and the, and how to implement difficult conversations. And there's a whole thing about like resentment tracking. And then we talk about anger and um, every Wednesday of that course is hump day and we, we give 10 minutes of sexuality advice. Um, so if people are interested in that, they can go to readaboutsex.com forward slash R, the letter R, the number 10, and then X, R10X. And you can check out and see if you want to be a part of that course. Uh, definitely go to readaboutsex.com forward slash convo and check out the difficult conversation formula. And then if there's anyone who's interested in business advice, 
who's a sex positive professional or a workshop leader or anything like that. In this day and age right now, where so many educators are trying to switch to making a business online, uh, I'm doing a free course right now on creating online courses. And just go to readaboutsex.com forward slash online, one word, um, and you can sign up for that free course, and hopefully that will help. Oh, I'm going to take that. (laughs) That's great. Very generous of you. Thank you so much, Reed. You're welcome. Yeah, well, it's been a delight having you here. Um, We have a couple minutes left. If there's any um, final words of advice you'd like to leave us with? I mean, I again, like I want to appreciate you, Sumati, for, for what you're doing and just like growing up in the household that I grew up in where I saw two people who were madly in love with each other just slowly destroy one another. Um, that you're like helping people talk about these things and, and think about these things and, and listen to, to different perspectives so that, you know, for the people who, who aren't ready to talk about things yet, they can slowly get some clarity in their thoughts so that one day they can speak up. Like, that is so important. And then for, for all of you, you know, when you're trapped at home or reaching out to your friends online or even, like, after the pandemic, like, like encourage each other to, to exercise those muscles of being able to talk about difficult conversations and embrace the awkward because I really... I being able to do those things changed my life dramatically and anything that I can do to help people not go through what my mom and dad went through means the world to me. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Well, thank you for recognizing that. And I really appreciate all that you do too. And all the free content that you offer. I just sent your safer sex elevator speech to somebody. She had written me and said that she's creating some kind of online consent course. And did I know where she could, could I point her to some resources about how to have uh, a conversation about sex. I forgot what word she used, but I was like, yep, I know exactly where to get that for you. So <laughs> she was thrilled. It was exactly oh, what she was thank looking you. for. So it's just so great. Yeah, it's so great that you have that for the community to make use of. Okay. Well, well thanks a, again a sluts got to stick together. <laughs> we do got to stick together, whether online or in person, however, however we can do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, touche. Yeah. Okay, hon. Well, nice to speak with you and um, give my best to Allison, and we'll talk to you soon. I will. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.